welcome to the TPA podcast, a series of interviews with the Preston Associates Partnership of Executive Coaches. We will take a look at the trends driving business and leadership and offer insight and analysis on how you can become a better leader. I am your host, Tom Ritchie. As businesses around the world start to return to their central offices, leaders will have to navigate a number of challenges. From considerations including safe working environments to articulating organisational culture, leaders will need to carefully consider the impact of their individual actions and company policies over the coming months. New research by the Preston Associates has polled the opinions of senior executives, drilling down into the concerns of some of the world's leading organisations in light of the advent of widespread hybrid working. Today, I'm joined by TPA coaches Luciana Nunes and Lee Mears to look at some of the findings of the research, the processes and behaviours that will underpin the return to the office and how leaders can articulate culture in this new working paradigm. Hi Luciana, hi Lee, Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. What are some of the key insights around the research that TPA have found from their uh, client survey? You know, we did did a piece of research through 20 of our coaches that are really representing about 500 of our top clients, both big corporations and startups. And what we found is that clients found not only challenges, but also a lot of opportunities through this phase. In terms of challenges, obviously, keeping their teams engaged and also creating a good culture of collaboration was one of their top challenges. But when it comes to opportunities, they really realized that flexibility is something that they they were leaving behind that is massively going to be a key driver of not only engagement, but also retention for teams. The notion of a global workforce where you now can tap into talents distributed anywhere is key. But also the, the, the idea of life and work integration was a big advantage, but the reality and the, the flip side of that is that people didn't know where to stop and they were living at work essentially. So it came at the cost of blurred boundaries and also at the cost of burnout for, for a lot of people. And what has been the most difficult challenge faced by leaders in this new paradigm of, of hybrid working? I think for me, Tom, it's been the communication. Um, Leaders have, uh, in my experience and having chatted to them, it's it's a bit like Chinese whispers. What's the messages getting down? How do I get my team to understand um, whether they're going through a merger? What is the, you know, what are our strengths? What are we going after? Or even to a stage of some companies that aren't thriving and losing people, how are we letting people go? What's the strategy? What's the vision? So I think from what I can tell, leaders have spent a lot of time doing um, and the leaders that I've been chatting with have really struggled with the communication piece and, and having it joined up. I never thought I would say that internal communications was super powerful and one of the most important areas. But I think during this period, it has been really key. And could you give us some examples of clients that have struggled with uh, re-engaging their teams? What have some of their solutions been? Yeah, I think some of the clients that have really struggled um, with re-engaging their teams are the the leaders that haven't listened. Um, They've just assumed. um, And I mentioned earlier about the communication, but they've they've just sort of gone, yes, we're all going to go back to the office or no, we're not going to or and they haven't really tapped into um, what the what's going on in the different people's, um, you know, different people's world. And so I think that's the, the, the biggest example I've had. And I've got three or four examples where clients haven't done that. 
And then on the flip side, the, the, the companies that have that have listened, one of the nicest sayings I've heard is vaxxed and relaxed. So if you are vaxxed and relaxed, you can come back to the office. We'll listen to you. Some people are really missing the connectivity. There's others that don't want to go back yet. And so it's really listening to your, you know, to your people. I couldn't agree with you more, Lee. And I think what, what I've observed in my clients is they really have to make their teams part of the solution. And they have to invite their teams to co-creating the new ways of working. Because if the new approaches, the new ways of collaborating are done at the desk from head office and you don't involve your team, you, you're not listening. You're not really creating a future that will work for most people. And what we've started to do on that note is to really help leaders re-engage their teams. We started to run a very straightforward one-day workshop, but it was very well structured, I think, and our clients gave us very good feedback. What we did is we looked at a lot of not only the research that we conducted, but also other papers that are out there. And we identified five key pillars that are really essential for teams to co-create that future together. It's really all about purpose, clarity, inclusion, connection, and autonomy. And what we did was facilitate these conversations where people were creating their own conditions for these five pillars. In terms of purpose, really get them to think about what, what is the purpose that they serve at the, at the company level, but also who do they serve? How is that important for them personally? Creating clarity is so important in a world that has no certainty anymore. Clarity is so important and being able to really articulate what does success look like? What are the key pillars? Who's gonna do what is so essential? When it comes to inclusion, the other thing that you have to consider is a lot of people in this context are gonna get lost on the radar because they are not necessarily the ones that are most visible. So how do you really listen to the talent? How do you really include people in the co-creation process, but also in the day-to-day -day and making sure that they, that they are not only being seen, but that they are also being sponsored. So really creating a sense of inclusion is key. Connection, I couldn't really emphasize this more, is essential. Creating trust, creating check-ins, creating a culture of feedback. And then ultimately the last pillar of autonomy is really helping people understand when is it time to collaborate and when is it solo time? And how much time do you need for each? And different teams are gonna have different balances. So how do you get that balance between autonomy and collaboration, right? Is super, super important. Yeah, I think, and just to jump on the back of that as well, Louis, that the leaders that really understand, it's almost like a post-war, people are coming out and you've been in bunkers, your eyes are bleary and you're opening your, your eyes to the world and that world's different and I think, You've got to have um, a lull. You've got to have a, you know, almost peace times. Um, we always talk about you know, businesses, they've constantly got their foot on the throttle and some businesses have thrived, but some businesses have survived. But I think looking at that landscape and then working out where your people are and the workshop that we did, it was just reconnecting, just bringing people back and making them realize why they are connected and, and the beautiful bits of it. And, Having people in person was amazing. Honestly, the feel-good factor afterward was, was great. 
that brings me on to our next question, actually, which is, do leaders need to create a sense of closure as we move from remote to in-person and hybrid working going forward? The short answer is definitely yes, but let me let me unpack it a little bit more. Um, you know, this was a pretty traumatic chapter in our history. This is something that Bruce Feiler, the author of Life is in the Transition, calls life quakes, which are really events that have a very powerful effect that stays and defines your life for, for a long time in defining ways. And we've been part of a collective life quake. So humans need for these big events that happen in your life, they need markers to get closer and to get a sense of, you know, turning the page on that chapter. And if you think of how humans grieve, this is not that different for organizations. Organizations have gone through some sort of grief where we have to just get to the, to the end of it and create a process of closure with it. So what we've been doing with the leaders that we work is actually helping them create a little bit of a moment where they allow their teams to just stop and have that moment of being able to reflect basic but really important things. Like what have we lost that is not coming back? What do we choose to leave behind, right? I mean, what are the habits that we learned in this chapter that didn't serve us well that we choose as an organization to leave behind? What have we gained? It's really important. There are, like Lee said, many good things that are going to come from this transformation and how do we make the best out of it? And really creating a space where this is not just the side water cooler conversation, but a very intentional ones. In the same way that humans need those rituals and those marker, markers like graduations or funerals or wedding, the leaders have to create that moment with, that is well architected where people feel, okay, yeah, we've closed this chapter, we've learned from it, we're ready for what's next. And, and finally, how can leaders create proximity when teams may still be spending a large amount of time physically apart in this new working paradigm? Yes, I think, well, if you look how uh, the wonderful stuff that's available, you've got the Zooms, you've got the Teams. I think it's just understanding what's going on. And I will go back to my last point around the listening to what your staff want. There will be groups of people that need to connect and so you'll have to find ways. And that's the beauty of this is that people have been very inventive, but there's also a time when people don't want to be. And, uh, and I think understanding, taking the temperature, I can't stress it enough, listening and asking the right questions to your team um, are ways to get them to re-engage. I think there's other options when you are out and about and bringing people back to the office. Um, you know, what's, what are the bits that they've really enjoyed, the walks in nature? Can you start to, to weave some of those bits that will really engage people? Because you want them to look forward to coming back. Um, and again, my communication point is communicate what it's going to look like um, and, and how good it's going to be, the feel-good factor that brings people back. Absolutely. And, and building on what you're saying, Lee, for, for my clients, they've, they've actually been really creative. With, with establishing very simple practices. I have a client that does half-baked Tuesdays, meaning it's a day where he actually wants his team to come to him with ideas that weren't fully baked, that are kind of like working progress. And he's totally okay to jump and create that proximity that only comes from working on something that is not fully fleshed yet. But he's created that sense of permission that really drives that proximity and that connection 
things like, you know, you have to almost think about how do you architect the water cooler moments, right? That before happened very spontaneously, if the water cooler is gone, because now your, your team is gonna be mostly globally distributed and working remotely, how do you create those moments of just human chit chat and casual connection? You have to architect for them because they really are important. I also think you can encourage people outside and put some of the, the sort of um, the pressure back on people themselves and sort of say, if you're not getting in it in work, are you doing enough outside? And we get back into the wellness piece of what are your relationships like with family, with friends, um, because there are lots of successful businesses that operate fully remote, but it's just what you are looking for out of life um, and just sometimes reassessing. So I think good leaders are also signposting people back to, but if you can't get that from work, where else can you get it from? And that's a great place to leave it on. Uh, Lee, Luciana, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, brilliant conversation, thank you very much. To find out more about how TPA's one day workshops can help your leaders manage the transition back to the office, get in touch at contact at theprestonassociates.com. That's contact at theprestonassociates.com. Thank you for listening to the TPA podcast, available to download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast and SoundCloud. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon.